Hello? Uh, I, we can hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I was in Palmo. I was on Charlie Mo. Oh, well, there's Jameson. Yeah. Here we go. Look, hello, I was everybody. on Charlie Mo. <laughs> hello, 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 everybody. Yo, all right. So while we waiting on Campbell to get on, uh, all right. So we'll go on and we'll let y'all introduce yourselves. And uh, we'll go ladies first. We'll go ladies first, and then we'll let the two the, my other two brothers introduce themselves, and then I'll introduce myself. So, ladies first. All right. My name is uh, Reverend Alicia Haddock. I am uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I've been preaching for about uh, 15 years now, and uh, I work in the community. I'm bi- bivocational and ready to get some, uh, some conversation in the Black going on. Uh, and and get some hot topics uh, ready to set them on fire. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. So I wish that one of my brothers want to go next. Y'all up? Uh, I mean, we got David Weffin of the group in here too. So I mean, wish that one of go. <laughs> so David, you go ahead. <laughs> Alex, I told you I was not going to tell you. <laughs> I'll catch you. You're the name. Yeah, 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 sir. It's okay. Uh, Nobody come to see you, Otis. (laughs) My name is Alex Campbell. I'm the proud executive pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I reside in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Alicia West, and we have two children. Uh, Social justice, education, and empowerment are my focuses in my ministry. And ultimately, I seek to do what Jesus called us to do, and that is to preach the gospel to the poor, to liberate uh, those and also to give recovery sight to the blind and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So I'm just so happy to be a part of Conversations in the Black as we dig into the issues that are important in the Black community from a Black perspective as we merge them together with our faith. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Kane Jr., you want to go next, Eddie Kane Jr.? <laughs> that is awesome. Again, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. My name is Reverend Andre Diwala. I am the proud youth pastor of the Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church located right here in the heart of North Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm in Nashville by way of Louisville, Kentucky. I am a proud uh, Louisville, Kentucky native. Um, I am 15 years into ministry, uh, also serving as an educator in the Metropolitan National Public Schools, I'm a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So service, advocacy, uh, leadership, social justice, that is who I am, um, as well as, of course, being led by Christ. So Christ led and um, moving in the direction of social justice, advocacy, leadership, so on and so forth. I'm glad to be part of Conversations in the Black. Yo, and my name is Reverend James H. Glover III. I'm the proud youth pastor in a little town in uh, Cape City, Kentucky. 
called Cape City, Kentucky at the Orange Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, where Reverend Dr. E.A. Duke is our pastor. I am also proudly serving as the dean over the Liberty District Association, and uh, I'm just proud to, uh, I've been in ministry for 12 years, and uh, I'm just proud to be able to bring something like this to the table so that people can have strong conversations and we can shift mindsets. Amen. Amen. And the topic for tonight, we are going to jump right into this, y'all, which is where do we go from here? Where? Where are we headed in this, uh, gosh, in this world, in this nation where we just saw a group of individuals who felt like something was stolen from them <laughs> take over our capital. Let's call it what it what it truly was. <laughs> Come on, boy. Come on, boy. And what is uh, it called? An insurrection and treason. Uh, all of that. And, mm. you know, had it been a group of black people, <laughs> had it been a group of Hispanic people or colored people or people that were not of this this great America and I put my quotation marks up I know you can't see me but had it been a group of <laughs> white people we, uh, we wouldn't have made it to the, to the barrier and that was true when the Black Lives Matter movement um, went to the Capitol well so, yeah, where do we go from here? It, it's King Weekend. Tomorrow we acknowledge King Day, uh, Doctor, the, the sacrifice and the service of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and um, his dream that we all live together in harmony and unity and on one accord. But just a few days before an inauguration <laughs> of a new president, insurrectionists, take over our capital. Not even such a heinous time during the, the, the heinous thing has happened even in the Civil War. But that Confederate flag was flying around the capital. The folk in there were, were proud of what they've done. And I think it's important for us to really frame this narrative properly. Uh, because in order to talk about where do we go from here, we have to deal with the events that led up to this event. Uh, so in order to truly uh, examine and to truly appreciate this conversation and what we seek to impart and expound upon, we have to deal with the fact that for the insurrectionist, they were truly defending their way of life because of how the former president of these United Hates framed his election. <laughs> Uh, because he framed his election on a platform of white supremacy and trying to preserve America's way of life. Uh, so we lifted up that this is Dr. King's weekend. So Dr. King often dealt with the three-headed monster of America, uh, which is racism, poverty, and militarism. And so Come on we now. saw that on display because we saw these insurrectionists using military tactics to take over a capital to be terrorists and insurrectionists, not uh, terrorists from the outside, but homegrown terrorists because mm, they were yes. seeking 
to preserve their way of life of white supremacy and white privilege. And, and, and so that is the core and the crux of, of what we have to deal with because that frames and shapes the narrative for all of us that are either black, Hispanic, uh, immigrants, oppressed, poor, or as Jesus called them, the least, the lost, and the left out. And, and you know what? You know, you know what I was thinking about. I was thinking about how angry black people are and should be, right? And so we are the ones. If we go back, if we go back to uh, uh, this this uh, March, early early part of this year, and we literally witnessed a black man. Uh, having his uh, uh, office, a white officer put his knee on the neck of yes. George Floyd Man. for eight on. minutes on video. And they played it over and over and over again on national television for the world to see. How angry with, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about all of the things that that would cause us to, you know, just boil over, right? And and would would cause us to do what the insurrectionists did, right? Like, you know, off with their heads. Come on now, we we gonna we getting ready not only to storm the Capitol, but we gonna we gonna go to the White House. We going to the wherever, and 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 it's it's on and popping from now, but but. And that's just 2020. And that's 2020, right? That's just 2020. But, but we, but we, but we, but we don't, right? And we didn't. We marched. You know, we we had, and that's just, and I'm talking about just the, the events of this year. Breonna Taylor and and everybody in Nashville. <laughs> shit, and we had Daniel Hambrick and Jacquees. I mean, all yeah. of these things, right? That would cause someone to would cause a, a, a fire within us that would, you know, boil over and erupt. Now, you have uh, insurrectionists, right? Domestic terrorists that would go to the, to the Capitol because they did not get their way. Mm. Not because, not because mm. a country has systematically and structurally oppressed them, not because of that. Not because your forefathers wrote uh, uh, in the founding documents of this country that all men are created equal while owning people, right? Not that. We ain't talking about that, right? Not, not that privilege, white privilege, and, and, and you being a white male kind of writes your ticket, right? We know that the president... Uh, that's that's currently in office as of how many days? How many days we got y'all? Three days. We got too many. Know, three days. Too many. Too many. <laughs> too we many. got three days. Too many of a president who literally we all know, even the people who voted for him, we all know he shouldn't have been there, but he was. He's he was there nonetheless. And and we're mad because you lost. You know, you lost the election. election. You lost the election. And that's why. Mm -hmm. Not because you've been killed, you know, over and over and over again. Right? Or not because you, you've been owned 
and you were tilling the, the fields and building the, the White House that. or building the Capitol building that. or working on, on Massa's plantation, but you're upset because you lost an election that was, that was fair. fair and square. Yep. Now, we can't <laughs> say that. We can't say that about when their president got elected. Right. I mean, but let's be honest here, y'all. If we are really honest with it, and we really get down to the meat of the matter, black folks aren't saying, kill us like you, kill them like you kill us. What we saying is the same way that you don't kill them, don't kill us either. Right. I mean, you have a president. We have a president in office that sat there and says they are good people. But yet and still, when Black Lives Matter was headed up there to do a peaceful protest, the first thing comes out of his mouth is if they would have made it to the Capitol building, he was going to unleash the dogs yeah. on them. Now, anybody that is Black in America knows what dogs mean to us. Exactly. Especially, especially yeah. German Shepherds. So this is what I'm saying. So, so listen. So listen. So listen. This is, this is, this is what I'm saying. I, I want to this is the question that I had and I, I had a conversation last week about the very thing that, that we talked about early on when we first got on, we were like, okay, you know, if this had been black lives matter, if this had been uh black and Brown people protesting, it would have been different. Right. We already, of course we know that, but would we have even tried to storm the Capitol? Remember Elizabeth, Elizabeth from Knoxville, oh. Tennessee said she was storming the Capitol because it was a revolution. I know I ain't the only one saying it. Yeah, she got mace. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she got mace. With her onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know Elizabeth. Everybody know Elizabeth. Elizabeth got maced and because she was storming the Capitol. But the thing about it is, what kind of influence has have we had upon us as uh, uh, Black people, uh, uh, the Black church, as a Black culture from the civil rights movement that uh, would not uh, even cause us to try and storm the Capitol, right? So if we protest, uh, uh, Warnock has, was arrested last year for praying inside of the Capitol. He was praying, y'all. Mm. Not not jumping over, not not busting through the glass. Not he didn't have zip ties. He didn't have a mask on. <laughs> he did not break in Nancy Pelosi's office. And put his feet up on her desk, chilling, and call, call her name and steal her meal. He was praying inside <laughs> of the Capitol, and he is now a senator. And you know, he was arrested last year or whenever it was. Like, what kind of influence, right? And so, because I'm thinking about Dr. King and the the movement, like the movement. I, you know, the civil rights movement is the movement. Um, how how much influence did that have? Because I can't, I don't even see us storming the Capitol like Elizabeth and her people. Well, there is one instance <laughs> where Blacks stormed the Capitol, and, and that instance took place in California with the Black Panther Party. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. They they stormed in. Right. They were not killed, and I'm gonna tell you why they weren't killed. Because they shocked the hell out of those white people. Yeah, they said, "Who are these black men in all black, carrying and brandishing guns that have the audacity to walk in here in the middle of legislation 
and, and so and so you talk about that. Uh, so that is an example of when we, we did storm a capital and it did serve a purpose because it got their attention. Uh, and so when we talk about Martin Luther King's legacy, his legacy of peaceful protest come from the black tradition of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we have to deal with the fact in America, there are at least two types of Christianity. That there's the Christianity that comes from the black tradition, which is which is a Christianity that was formed in the invisible institution from slavery and, and cradled through reconstruction and, and, and really refined during Jim Crow and onward, which is a tradition okay. uh, of seeking to care for oppressed people and fight against unjust systems. Um, and then you have the other strand of Christianity, which is white nationalism. Mm-hmm. It pokes itself in Christianity. This is the type of Christianity <clears throat> that could pause during a worship service to go lynch a black person yeah. and then come back so they could do the benediction. And, and so this type of Christianity, it, it, it shows a theology that has malfeasance in it and it shows a theology that doesn't focus on God it is not theocentric it's anthropocentric anthropocentric in the sense that it is centered around whites it's eurocentric mm-hmm. it's and, and so mm-hmm. that's what we see on display that's why Raphael Warnock can be arrested for praying because the God he's praying to is the God of the Exodus that delivered the children of Israel. It's the Christ that went in to turn over tables because because they were overcharging people and because they were peddling uh, uh, poor animals to, to people traveling. And so that strand of Christianity is a threat to white nationalism because it seeks to stand up against it. And, and so what we saw on display at the Capitol was white nationalism. Uh, I'm sure you all have seen the article about the pastor in Texas that had a prophetic voice. And as my brother Andre would say, I got my quotes up. You can't see me. Has heard a prophetic voice uh, <laughs> that Donald Trump is supposed to serve another four years, so they need to get their guns loaded and await orders. Uh, it's the type of Christianity that have Paula White's dumbass up there speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. uh, talking about and calling the African what? spirits or whatever exactly. she said. Speaking gibberish, victory, and all foolishness. And we heard it. Did, did you hear? It? <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is what we battle against. That is really the crux of it. Because before we talk about a government, we have to deal with the fact that America was founded for white nationalism. As they came over on the Mayflower, they were running from Europe, not only for religious freedom, but to protect their most precious possession, their white skin. uh, Kelly Brown mm. Douglas in her book Stand Your Ground masterfully uh, deals with the Anglo-Saxon myth and how when they came over here, it was for them to protect their white skin and their mm-hmm. uh, sense of superiority. And then how theology and science coupled together 
to 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 make blacks inferior, to make blacks unsavable or unsalvific worthy, and, and then how they frame this narrative for enslavement, then they frame this narrative for mass incarceration, for redlining, for segregation, and all these systemic issues. It all stems from these two strands of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that on display as some of them were carrying Christian flags as they stormed the Capitol. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, I mean, in, in, if you put it in simpler terms, uh, it, it folk used to call it the God of the slave and the God of the slave master, right? Exactly. It, it is it is black Jesus yeah. and his white Jesus. It is, uh, uh, it, I mean, it is it is it is it is the flip side of the coin, really. What we're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm the God that you serve, right? And so and that, that, that depends Amen. on, you know, uh, uh, your views and what you uphold. And so that is why, you know, when we're talking about politics and, and, and what side you stand on, there is no middle ground. Uh, I, I was talking to someone and I said, you know, it, it's only two sides, you know, there, there used to be a, a, a middle ground. It, it, there's not a middle ground. It, it's two sides. It's either you either good or you evil. It's, it's either bad or, or wrong or right. I, I mean, it's very, very clear. And I know we like to say, well, you know, I, I, I'm a conservative uh, uh, about my money, but I'm, I'm liberal in, in my social things. No, no, it can't be like that. Because if you voted for Trump in my eyesight, right? You on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. I don't care mm-hmm. how, how you put it or, or whatever it is, what your what your politics is. We can go to the same church, but if you voted for someone like Trump that upholds white supremacy, right? The really what the foundation of what America was built on, what the United States was built on, and we know this. That is what I believe the insurrection is. Uh, that is that is their greatest fear, is that what upholds these United States, which is white supremacy, which is racism, which is what keeps them ahead, what has kept them ahead, uh, uh, is crumbling right before their very eyes. And that's why when the topic, uh, we, we came up with this topic, where do we go from here? I'm like, shoot, let's, let's get it, right? Because the, the issue is, you know how when when you when when you lose in power and you do everything you possibly can, how like the devil, like we already know the devil has lost, but that don't stop him from 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 doing what he do. You know that don't stop, that don't stop him from from going That's around it. trying to steal, kill, and destroy from uh, uh uh from from doing every evil thing imaginable. Uh uh, that does not stop folk. Even if they see God has ripped off the Band-Aid, uh, 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 have removed scales, you know, we're seeing clearer and clearer each each day, right? Our vision gets a little bit more uh, uh, clearer because we can see things for what they are, right? And then you have folk that are fighting to make America great again and whatever that means, right? And so, when has it been great for us? That's right. Never. Yes. It has never, never been for us. Even when we had a president that looked like us, they fought President Obama tooth and nail to ensure that he couldn't get much through. And we as black people, 
you know, we were proud that he was our president. All my president, my Lambos black, blue, but um, I'm this too. <laughs> 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 But, you know, did we do all we could have done to support mm-hmm. him when he was in office? And even after he got out of office, the the, the man that came after him, we've tried to reverse so much of what he's done. It's like we're back at, at point A. Yeah, no, I was, on, I, I was on I was yeah. on Twitter uh, the other night and, and somebody said, Black folk ain't free, we just lose. Oh I said, That's I said, uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I said, hold on, wait a wait a minute now. Why you why you got to hold on? Now you got to make me think. Now what you mean? He was like, Look, here. And he responded to to that. I said, That's a cold thing to say. He said, Black folk ain't free, we just loose. It's true. Say we just lose y'all. Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm free. Uh, look, because there's a difference between being free in, in an existential sense and a mm-hmm. theological sense. Mm-hmm. A, a civic sense. I hear you. Uh, so, so in the fact that we're f- we're not free, we're loose. I agree with that on the civic side. Civically, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because the fact that one in four black persons will either be locked up or have to deal with the criminal justice system. We're not free. We just lose. Uh, the fact that a majority of blacks live in red lined neighborhoods that are right. food deserts, uh, that are dilapidated where drugs are pumped into them. We don't have planes. We don't have boats. Uh, so we're not the ones bringing it over here, but because of lack of opportunity, yes, we're the ones selling it, but we're not the ones truly getting rich from it. So, so how free would just lose? Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. When you look at the fact that whenever you enter into white space, you have to, you often feel this urge that you have to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to cold switch. You can't mm-hmm. say, what's up, bro? What's good with you? How are you doing today? It's a pleasure to meet you. Isn't it wonderful That's weather it. we're experiencing? You're not free, <laughs> you just lose. You lose. The, the, the fact that companies have to put into their policies that you can now have Afrocentric or ethnic hairstyle. Mm-hmm. You're not free, you just lose. You just lose. But So where do we go from here? Where do we go from how do we get from being loose and, to being free? You know, free? that is something I have wrestled with. Me too. Wrestled with. But I'm free. I'm, I'm, I'm free. You got your paper. Nice white neighborhood to see how free you are. That's all <laughs> you go drive through that nice gated community. Yeah. Hell, in some black neighborhoods, it ain't got to be a white neighborhood. Some black folk will look down at you like you don't belong in their neighborhood. Because they're on the boulevard now instead of uh, on Joe Johnson. Mm. I <laughs> know. That, that, you know, we, we're Lucha dealing with some Kentucky folk on here. You know, everybody ain't from the same neighborhood. Now, I know where Joe Johnson okay, is. but Okay, let me help the Kentucky folk out. Let me see. If you ever been to Louisville, you know, there's some folk that, that they in the West End, they don't belong mm-hmm. out in St. Matthews and J-Town. You know, 
Uh-uh, you, you belong in the West End. You don't belong out here in our little neighborhood. And our little neighborhood ain't no better than the neighborhood in in the West End. Our own Joe Johnson. Because we don't know our neighbors. We don't know people. We can't go across the door and knock on, hey, Miss Sally, I need a cup of sugar. Because we don't know the folk like that. We don't have that camaraderie. We don't have that unity that we had back in the time of our grandparents. Nope. And even so before then. I've wrestled with that because the, the question becomes do you seek your your freedom and, and, and see me personally I, I, I support equality but before we can have equality we need equity. Uh, uh, as Dr. Matt King Carter said all mm. white people can do for me is give me some unpaid money. Mm. Uh, so run me my check. Uh, we went 200 and some years without a paycheck. Yeah. Then you Jim Crow, where we were underpaid and overworked. Uh, yeah, so run me my check. Uh, so that's the first step. Yeah, give me reparations. Yeah, I think Martin Luther, Luther King said where the money was at. And so, I I, I mean, you know, and I <laughs> think that was, that was part yeah. of his message, right? And so, like, before... Before you can, we can even talk about, you know, what freedom and what equity, equity right, and, and uh, equality really looks like. We've done so much work without compensation, right? Uh, 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 I don't even know if, I don't, call, I don't care if we call it reparations or whatever you want to call it, but we hadn't, we hadn't, our checks hadn't been ran up. We hadn't. We 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 have not been where the money resides. I, I know that much, and I think that um, until we have a unified voice, right? Because I think Sheila Jackson Lee, if I'm not mistaken, is the uh, representative who is going to address uh, reparations, or she's going to bring it up, or something. You know, when Biden comes in, uh, and she's going to try to bring this issue to the forefront. But I think that we won't ever get anywhere until we decide as a people uh, with a unified voice, what is what is it that we want? Now, it's not going to be easy because hell, we can't even decide on, you know, uh, 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 if it's OK to for uh, cultural appropriation. I mean, we everybody's we, we just everywhere all across the board. But what is it? What do we want? Do we want community reparations? Do we want individual reparations? What does this even look like? I mean, because right, at, 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 you know, right about now, you know, uh, we can't even. Uh, do we even know our purpose? We know, we're we're sitting mm. we're sitting up here with uh, our churches, our, the black church. Some of us are doing well, and some of us are in tatters, right? And and. Some of us ain't gonna make some it. Some of back, us ain't gonna make it back, right? And so, and so, what are we doing? What is this? What What are we doing inside the community? What are we telling our members? What are we telling the community? Like, I, I don't even know if we go to the church anymore to talk to the community. There was a time where the black church was the community, right? If you wanted, if you wanted a message out, you knew where to go. Now I don't know. I don't know where you go now. Uh, it, it may be the church, but it may be your local community center. It may be the news. It may be the store. 
It made you about to post a fly on the stove. You better act save a lot if you can put a flyer on the on the sliding glass door in order to get the message out. And so, so how do we even reach people? Because I, if the is the black church still what the black church was, or have we evolved and and we don't even know? Well, I, I that is a great topic. Um, because we often say the black church as an all-encompassing term. And so even in the black church, if you trace it back to Reconstruction, Jim Crow, so even in the black church, there's always been a division, uh, even so much so. That's why we have National Baptist Convention and we have Progressive National Baptist Convention. And you got National Baptist Convention of America, Just National Baptist Convention Baptist. USA Incorporated, so, so on and so, so forth. You, you, you've always had this contention in the black church over uh, accommodationists, which is part of the politics of respectability. We need to dress well, stay in our place. You know, the Booker T. Washington type of ideology. We just need to sit back and chill, and eventually white folk will change. And, and then you have the other uh, side of the black church no. where it was like, no, they're not going to change unless we push the issue. And, and that's why you have Martin Luther King's and Fred Shuttleworth's and uh, uh, Ralph Abernathy's and different ones such as that that, that push the issue. So amongst the black church, for those that are willing to push the issue, those are the ones you need to focus on. And all those other uh, mediums that you talked about, flood every one of them. Because we as the black community have to learn that for those of us that want to push for certain issues, we have to consolidate. Stokely Carmichael in his book, The Politics of Black Power, talks about we have to have that united front. You've got to push it. Uh, because if we can receive both individual reparations and community reparations, we can start to shape our communities into what they truly should be. Because whites benefited individually and communally from, from slave labor and from underpaying blacks and from keeping them in dilapidated neighborhoods. Uh, Martin Luther King in his speech to other America lifted up how in America there's these two Americas, one that has wealth and prosperity and another one that's on an island of, of, of despair, of poverty. And so... In order to merge these two together, we have to receive reparations. We have to create this united front. And in order to do that, we have to embrace, I know it's Martin Luther King's uh, holiday, but we have to have a Malcolm X mentality by any means necessary. Whatever it takes, we have to push that envelope. We have to push that legislation through we have to if it's us raising our own politicians that that have the platform if it's us uh 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 doing things in conventions to get pastors on the same accord if it's pushing them through historical black colleges where we push where we have uh, 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 our educational agenda set uh if it's going on the corner talking to the dope boy and the prostitute pushing them in the same agenda. Whatever it takes, we have to do it because this system is too costly to black life mm -hmm. for us to push it. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? I agree. And I, I think, you know, I'm looking at it from a Jesus mentality where at it's for or it is at all cost, right? So Malcolm X said by any means necessary, but for Jesus it was at all cost. And it's and and I guess, you know, for me, the black church has had so much focus on the preacher and the pastor, yeah. and not enough on the people. Tell right. And so now we found ourselves mm. with just the preachers and the pastors and not the people. Right. And the people have gone oh. on and 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 mm -hmm. and created other uh, organizations and and kind of uh, uh, other avenues that where they are accepted, where they are are, are heard. Uh, they can do the he, uh, the pronouns and all of that stuff, and you know, you know what the young people are doing now. They they got a they they're making their own platforms because the focus has been so heavily on the pastor and and the preacher and the minister because it was all about it was all about them or him, should I say, and and not enough on the people. And so if if we are going to have a consensus or, or have a united front or talk about what it is that black folk need and what black folk want, we need the people. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna do it. We we can't do it without Amen. the people. That's, so that that's means sociology. That, so that means so that right, no that's right. And so that means that if we don't find a way to get to the people. Right. And and to make a way for the people at all costs, then we're going to be stuck in this rut. And I'm talking about and, and that's that's for the all encompassing black church. And you know what I mean when I say the black church, because this is where this is where mercy and grace and, and that Jesus uh, of uh, what did Howard Thurman say? Come on now. Jesus yep. disinherited. Come on now. That's all I'm talking about. That's what I mean. So if that is the case, then if we know that this is where the power resides and this is where you can find that Jesus, right, that everybody's afraid of, because this is the one everybody afraid of, because they know this is the one, this is the one that that if you kill, if you kill him, uh, he will be raised back up. You know what I'm saying? With all power, as, as, as Mikey would say, my little four year old son. Say Jesus was raised with all power in his hands, mama, in three days. Yes, son. So that's the one, right? And so if that is the case, then we got to get the people. Now, Martin, Martin, Amen. you know, depending on what period you're talking about, Martin had the people. Back, back, you know, if we want to circle back to Martin Luther King Jr., you know, that was that was a big part of the civil rights movement how people were and I ain't talking about everybody because you know we all had is we we everybody ain't gonna ain't gonna be you know on the same page at all times but that was a remarkable period in time where we were able to harness you know a harness uh um a, a uh, our energy like the old folks had the wisdom and the young people had the energy and and right about now, we see the young people with the energy, but I can't find an old person with some wisdom and uh, meaning, meaning, you know, Say on the. Say it again. Say it again. 
<laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. I love old people though, but I'm just saying on the, you know, on the on out there, out there, right? So you, I ain't, I ain't talking about your one and two. You know, you got your ones and your twos, maybe three. But I'm talking about, you know, where you can cause uh, um, some real action and you can see it like it, like like you would think we stormed the Capitol. So, you know, I'm just saying. So if 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 we know how we got here. Right. And we we clearly see where we are. Clearly, clearly, because we just they just stormed the Capitol. Elizabeth and her people stormed the Capitol. For the revolution, she don't know don't know nothing about Gil Scott Heron. With her don't know nothing cat. about Gil Scott Heron. He said the revolution will not be televised, but she feels differently. They feel differently about it. Where are we going? You know, and I think that is the anxiety, that is the angst that that a lot of people feel. Like we know where we are, and and a lot of people don't know where we where we where we come from. Right. Because that is a big part of it. Like, yeah, we don't even know how we got here, but we know where we are. But it's hard to know where you are if you don't know how you got here. But let's just say we know what we how we got here and we know where we are. But where are we going, though? Like, how can we how can we confidently tell people where we're going? And, and I think the important thing for that, when you talk about a Martin Luther King, uh, above all, he was a visionary. Mm-hmm. And so he had a, a a mental picture of a preferred future, that 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 the beloved community, uh, this sense of equality and equity and brotherhood and sisterhood, uh, this sense of transcending color and seeing character, uh, this sense of the least the lost and the left out being on the same playing field as those that were once in power, and so in order. For us to move forward, we need that vision. And, and see, and we've come to a time now where the vision can't be housed in just one person. The vision has to be caught and bought into by the collective. And so, and, and so to, to circle back around to what you've been discussing, we have to have that collective uh, that, that is pushing that vision. Well, where is it that we need to go? And so, and so, every black person that has experienced oppression, that realizes they experienced oppression, because you got some white people that don't believe it exists. Mm-hmm. So, so we have to exactly. That's just like you exactly. have some white people that don't believe their white privilege. And so, it's about so. us pushing that vision. And and I believe Martin Luther King left us with that vision and so it's up to us to continue that legacy and to push it even forward and and to push it forward and to push it even harder and more aggressively and so so let's talk about that vision what does that vision look like for us Well, for me, I guess it'd be to educate my my young people, the young people which I serve, to let them know this is where we were. You know, and what we're seeing, we've been here before, so we're gonna be all right. You know, even in the in the Great Recession, 
We didn't it know. wasn't the black folk you saw jumping off of buildings, throwing themselves in front of cars and falling off of bridges. We, we've been here before. <laughs> we know what it's like to not have enough and still go back to the pot and conceal feed the, the multitude. We know what it's like to not have enough money but still have enough money to make sure everything was paid. Not knowing how, but in, in that regard, yeah, so I got to teach the young people, like, we've been here before. So this is nothing that your, your parents haven't seen, your grandparents haven't seen, your great-grandparents haven't seen. We've been in a state like this before as Black people. I hate to say it, but we're probably going to be here again tomorrow. <laughs> the day after that too. But we keep pushing. We keep going. We're not the ones that give up. We're not the ones that throw in the towel. And as much as people want to talk about, uh, you know, we, we don't go to therapists, we don't go to psychiatrists, and we don't... No, some of us need to. Amen. To process what we're going through and what we're dealing with and to process how we're going to handle what we're dealing with today, tomorrow, and the day after that. So but where do we go from here? Man, I just, like I said, I got to so teach my We've been here before, and we'll be here again tomorrow. Keep moving. I agree with everything Walla said, like, just teaching our young people our history and letting them know that, yo, this ain't new for us. We ain't new to this. We true to this. We've been here before. It's sad to say, but like Wallace said, we'll probably be here again. So you know, I uh, <laughs> go ahead, and yeah, I was gonna say uh, for me, you know, uh, yeah. I think that economics are tied heavily, right? Yeah. So I, I think if if we are able to make our own way, you know, economically if we're able to recreate systems that were designed to work against us, right? Even if we have to break those systems all the way down, and I hate to use the analogy of burn them down, but if we have to, if we have to dismantle them, right? And, and create our own systems that work for us, because we know that the systems that are currently in place work against us, right? That is the, that is the vision and it's not for me to uh, uh, say what those what those systems or how like write it out how they should be because those systems don't just affect me but it affects all of us. So we should collectively be able to say what those systems how those systems should be uh, built, right? But I know that since they work against us, they should be dismantled. I also think, you know, people having a decent and safe place to live and food to eat and a legacy to live behind, to leave behind, right? Because what I do know is for most black people, um, and I ain't talking about the ones that are well off and I sure ain't talking about like the Will Smiths and of the world, you know, and like the Uber rich, like the Robert Smiths and not, not them, but like normal black people don't get to leave their children very much. And so to be able to leave your children something, a legacy, 
right? Even if it's a house, leave them something. And, and to be able to do that, um, a land, a piece of land, right? Um, like those things that um, some people take for granted, but black people have never even experienced. And I'm talking about as a people, right? Um, and, and, and looking at the education system, because if we're talking about like the school to prison pipeline, good God almighty, Jesus, Lord have mercy. Good. If, 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 if I got to worry about my son making it to third grade and that'll determine if he go to jail or not, right? And it's, and it's not because he's white, it's because he's black. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's tied to my vision for my people you know, going forward, that's tied to it. The education system and how it's it's designed to work against my children and to for designed to work against me. But then also, when I have kids, it's designed to work against my kids. Like that's not that didn't just happen. Now we came up with the data, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of we worked this out in our in our heads. But that was that was designed like that. Right. Mass incarceration. Michelle Alexander says that that was that was designed because of uh, uh, the end of, you know, ending of slavery. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if if we already know these things, Mm -hmm. then, of course, right, this is tied to. So where are we going? Right. And And if these are the big issues that affect us all, even if we don't have a son that goes to jail. Even if all our kids graduated from high school and college, right? But that still doesn't stop 37208, the zip code that Wallace Church is in and my job is in, right? And where I used to live and where I was born in has the highest incarceration rate in the nation, says the Brookings Institute in the 2018 report, right? Amongst high population zip codes. That doesn't that that that's still you know that that's still true. So so yes, that is that is part of the vision and what what I think that we need to be working to change, and that has everything to do with politics. That has everything to do with black church. That has everything to do with the community. That has everything to do with uh, raising and and our voices up. Uh, in unity and it has everything to do with the people and how much power we hold but if I'm not telling if we're not telling people even I'm I'm pointing the finger at us as as the preachers if we ain't telling people that you got the power because we we want to keep it a secret because if we tell you you got power then we ain't got we gonna we scared we not gonna have power over you that's a problem so go on, Alex. Go on. Go on. Say what you got to say. So we've lifted up education, identity, problem. legacy, economics, uh, identifying systems, and how to make them work for us, uh, or how to restructure, reshape, or remake systems, um, and lifted up mass incarceration. So for me, uh, the way I see this issue, this was an issue that started with religion. 
And, and so for me, part of the vision is dismantling the idol of white supremacy and, and empowering black and brown people, empowering females, empowering uh, all those that are locked out. And, and the way that happens is Alex, I mean, oh, Alex, I don't know what happened. <laughs> they might have came to see me after all. Baby. <laughs> y'all crazy. Y'all crazy on this. Otis, Otis, yeah. I think they came. I think they came oh, to man. see you. <laughs> yeah, they might. They might. They might have come to see Otis. <laughs> y'all crazy. Y'all, if y'all wasn't on that Zoom call, for those of y'all that don't know, <laughs> oh man, man, y'all, this has been an amazing conversation. I agree. <laughs> and y'all can definitely, y'all can definitely expect more of this coming very soon. I promise y'all that. So I want to thank you guys for coming on tonight. All right. We will be back next week, y'all. God bless. Oh! Yeah, we... we, uh, Oh, well, there's Alex. Alex, Uh, you came back. David, finish your your thoughts. Um, So so basically, it's just dealing with that idea Mm -hmm. of of, of transformation that that is both a physical and a spiritual fight. So it is empowering people through connecting them to Christ because we have to understand the resurrection have more power than just your soul. Come on, Pastor. That's in the power of the tongue. So we have the ability. Uh, All right. And y'all, if y'all have... Yeah. Any questions for us, y'all can email us at yes. conversations in conversation in the black at gmail.com. Yeah, send any questions, any topics, um, any comments, good, bad, indifferent. Um, conversations in the black at gmail.com. Uh, we are here right. to help you So just have conversation to help help black folk. Amen. Uh, help the black church, black education, black judicial system, <laughs> black economics, black everything. Black. <laughs> we here to help the black. Amen. Peace. So y'all, we will see y'all next week.